Well, 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 well. Welcome back to the Tribal Brand Podcast. I am Uwinton, also known as the Patman. I know that sounds funny, right? The Patman. It's Saturday, June 15, 2019, and we are getting into the summertime down here in the South Sound. Oh my goodness. It's 92, 93 degrees the other day in Seattle, and oh my God, it was hot. I was working outside. Thank God I really wasn't working hard. Excavation guys were about dead out there. Anybody working outside, make sure you hydrate yourselves. Make sure you drink lots of liquids. I don't want to see anybody die from a stroke out there, okay? So on the Twitter the other day, somebody was commenting on... Harriet Tubman's, is it Tubman? Face being put on the $20 bill, I believe, to replace Andrew Jackass Jackson. Yeah. Anybody read any history about Mr. Jackass Jackson? Hmm? Some individuals were defending Jackson, which is cool. You can do that. And talking about how wonderful he was and what uh, history, what, what part he played in the History of the United States of America. Yeah, he played a big part and he was a big part of what happened, what went down. But is it really something to make him a hero for? Hmm? I don't think so. I do not think so. He may have been worthy to put on a penny, but not a 20. Is it a 20? Or is it a 50? Let me check. It was a 20. Just a reminder to all you children out there, make sure you go to school and get edumacated. Need to know whose face is on the bills. I bet you he's rolling in his grave right now with the possibility of Tubman getting put on the front of a 20 while he gets put on the backside. He'd be behind her. I'm pretty sure he'd be twisting and turning and uh, freaking out, man. That was Andrew Jackass. How can you put him on the backside of Harriet Tubman? That's hilarious to me. I think that's one of the funniest things I've read in the past week. It's hilarious. So Tubman's going to go on the front of a 20. Now, Mr. Donald Trump, he's been delaying that action a little bit. He's been sort of shuffling his feet, shimmy shimmying, if you know what I mean. How many of you saw that movie? Born in East L.A. with Cheech. And uh, the preacher's standing outside his cell and he's saying, Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. That's kind of what that's like. Because Andrew Jackson was an extreme dirty bird. Yeah, he was a dirty bird. Look at his picture. Ah, nasty. Eh, old. Eh. He had a nickname. Well, he had several Slave owner, ethnic cleanser, and the ever-popular Indian killer. Yeah. If you ever get the opportunity, you should read the speech to Congress on the Indian Removal Act of 1830. Yeah, that was Jackson's whole idea. That was his thought. And if you read the speech, you'll find a lot of crazy things. And it's one long quote. I'm not going to 
quote on any of it, but I'll give you some ideas of, of what his thoughts were. He referred to the Indians as savages, mostly, and he referred to them as, they should be very grateful, they're going to be happy, extremely happy. And the option was, they either take it or be annihilated to complete extinction. That's his whole thought. So the Trail of Tears was brought on by Jackass, and that was a series of trails. But there was 125,000 American Indians forced, mind you. It wasn't a walk in the park. It wasn't some sort of sightseeing trip. No, it was over thousands of miles west of the Mississippi. In fact, all the trails added up to somewhere around 5,000 miles over nine states. You have Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Illinois, Kentucky, Mississippi, North Carolina, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. And my beautiful wife, she's from Tennessee. She's from Memphis. We all know that the Trail of Tears was brought on because of gold. But let's keep in mind when this all went down. This went down in 1830. And by that time, many of the American Indians in the East were already settling in, man. They were already farmers. They had farming equipment, land, houses. And the government says, uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna make you a deal. We're gonna sweeten this deal up nice and pretty. We're gonna make this so you can't refuse. You can't. It's too good of an opportunity. And according to history, the United States government had no idea how they were gonna parade these people all these miles. They didn't know how to handle it. Didn't know how to take care of it. Didn't know how to feed them. Didn't know how to keep them warm. Many of them were the elder. Many of them were women and children. Little children and babies. A lot of them stayed behind and held on to what property they had and were able to hang on until like 1837 and got their money. At least they got money. They didn't believe the government was going to take care of them once they got West of the Mississippi. Which was true. And they just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. But some of the Indians were smart enough to at least stick around and sell their property and move along on their own. If you compare it today, it's like packing up and jumping on a greyhound. Going west. So it was estimated that somewhere around 8,000 people perished on this little road trip. 8,000. Old people, young people, women, men. And when they died from exposure or starvation or what have you, disease, beatings, who knows, they would just toss them off to the side, throw them in the ditch. Imagine them walking down a paved road and there's a ditch there and all they do is, oh, they're dead, and they kick them off to the side and leave them there. Countless bodies laying all over the east. The bones, the bones of our ancestors are laying there. It's sickening. 8,000 people. On one of the last trips in 1838, 16,000 Cherokees were marched over 1,200 miles. Out of that 16,000, over 4,000 perished. One quarter. Gone forever. Bones of our ancestors 
Now, we all need to keep in mind why this all started once again. Andrew Jackass Jackson was the culprit. He's the one that got the wheels in motion. He's the one. He's the one we can blame for all of this. He said it was okay to kill women and children to stop the population of the quote, unquote, savages. Women and children, man. What is wrong with this? What is wrong with this picture? Yeah, you're going to say, Pat, that was a long time ago. And if you read history, it's been going on for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah, I know. But this wasn't that long ago. See, when the whites first arrived, they called them the Euro-Americans, the Euro-whites. When they came here, there were somewhere around 10 million indigenous people in the boundaries of the United States. We're not talking about Canada. Up in the boundaries of Canada, they probably had about the same amount of uh, indigenous people up there. Maybe a little more. I, don't, I doubt it, though. It's kind of chilly up there. And when the French took over what is now known as Canada from the indigenous people up there, it really wasn't that much different than what it was down here in the south in the United States. Now, they ran them over. They gave them disease. They, you know, starved them out, moved them west, put them on what is known up there as reserves. No, it's not the reservation up there. It's the reserves also refer to the indigenous people up there as First Nations. If you think about that for a second, First Nation, doesn't that mean that they should be like at the head of the table, man? Like the one who's running the show? Shouldn't that be? Oh, no, no, no. You are Indians. You don't deserve to be even at the table. What are you doing sitting at the table? What are you doing? Who do you think you are? sitting at the same table as Moa. See, Canada had the same thing. They had the same type of Indian Removal Act. No, it wasn't the same because it's a whole complete different government. But, essentially, it was the same thing. See, Canada's a little bit behind the United States of America. See, they didn't have theirs until 1867. Pretty much 30 years after the United States did theirs. So they must have said, hmm, whatever they're doing down there, it's working pretty good. Let's do it up here too. But up in Canada, if you went ahead and got your degree from the universities, you would lose your status as being an Indian. And if a woman married a man who was non-Indian, she would lose her status as well. Now, how does that even seem possible, man? How does that seem possible that they're going to take away your complete identity because you have decided to educate yourself, or you decide to marry out of the tribe, out of your color, out of your race, okay? So what do you identify as? Do you identify as being white at that point? Or, I don't even know how, I mean, I look at the color of my skin, and right now with all the heat and the sun, I'm turning red, and I'm turning dark. So, how would I classify myself as an individual out of what race do I come from a lot of confusion there man a lot of uh, malarkey and the other crazy part up there in Canada is this 
They had their boarding schools. Oh, yes, they did. Don't let them try to fool you. In 1879, they started their schools up there for the Indians. And it went on to all the way up to 1996. That was, what, 20-some years ago that their Indian schools were still going, man. They were still trying to assimilate them buggers up there. Don't you think by... 1996, it would pretty much be complete. Don't you think it would be done by then? Back in the 1980s, early 80s, I lived on the Shushwap Reserve up there in British Columbia. Just a little bit outside Kamloops. That reservation was no different than the ones down here in America. In fact, it was probably worse. One thing I do take away from that is this. The reserve was like 15 miles off of the main road. Okay? The nearest little tiny town had a tavern and it had a gas station where you could buy some supplies, not many. The main city was like 20 miles past that. So in order to go get your groceries, you had to travel down a dirt road for about 15 miles to the main road. And then you'd have to go another 20, 30 miles to the stout. Imagine that. If you didn't have a car, man. A lot of people didn't have a car. Another thing I take away from that is there was a, my buddy's grandmother lived there and she didn't speak English. She only spoke Shushwap. She understood English because she knew when you was talking crap. She knew when you were talking smack, she would say something. And my buddy was fluent in Shushwap as well, so he understood when she would say something to him. So if we'd be sitting there and we'd be talking about smoking weed or drinking her beer she would always he would say oh man she understood what we're talking about it's kind of funny i wonder if the indians did that back in the day with the cavalry and the the army act like they didn't know what they were saying or didn't know what they were talking about and understood every word the whites were saying one thing i do remember about that reserve is they had a white church right in the middle of the little Reserve, I guess. I guess you re- I referred to it as their where their housing was. And it was a dusty road and they had a big white church that nobody went to. Nobody attended. So I imagine back in the late 1800s, that's when the Christians were probably there trying to convert their beliefs. Convert them into Christianity. Make them believe in their God. Part of what really blows me away about the whole Christianity thing is they were supposedly Christian people, God-fearing, God-believing, sin-believing Christian people that came over to North America to convert the Indians to Christian by slavery, kidnapping, beatings, murdering, raping boys and girls, because let's face it, them Catholics, they've been messing around for a long time. They've been perverts for thousands of years, man. So it's no different. I'm pretty sure our ancestors, as children and babies or whatever, were molested by the believers. There ain't nothing wrong with believing. But don't shove it down my throat, man. Like I've said before, I believe in the Creator. The creator of all, the creator of the universe, the creator of the earth. So I'm going to keep on believing in what I believe in. And I believe Andrew Jackass Jackson was a turd, dirty bird. Did you guys realize that he was the one that created the Democratic Party? 
Now think about that for just a minute. Democratic Party. The Democrats, they believe in saving the earth, human rights, believing in the human condition, man. Think about the Hispanics trying to come across the border. The Democrats are behind it, man. They're saying, yeah, come on. Let's do that. Let's protect. Let's save these individuals from their country. Let's put them up. Let's take care of them. That's the same party that Andrew Jackson created. And look at what he did to the American Indian. The quote-unquote savages. I condone the killing of women and children so the American Indian savages will become extinct. That's what I propose to Congress. That's what all the whites deserve. They deserve all the land. There's 12 million of them. Let's go ahead and put them up. Let's take that Indian land and put them up. Let's turn all that land into cotton land, cotton fields, man. And guess who we're going to have picket for us? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to have the slaves pick that cotton for us. We're going to count on them to build America. We're going to count on the slaves to make America great. And they did a very good job working for the man. See, they had a hard time turning the American Indians into slaves. Because a lot of times what they would do is they'd run off. They'd be like, nah, I'm, I'm over this. Or, in some cases, they would even commit suicide. They would take their own lives rather than be a slave to the white man. Now that's something to think about. So when you think about Andrew Jackson as being the wonderful, wonderful, great president of the United States of America, he was an Indian killer and a slave owner. And he raped slaves to make babies. Yeah, that's the president of the United States of America. That's one of the presidents who represents the $20 bill. Anyway, so tomorrow's Father's Day. I hope all you fathers out there have a great, great Father's Day. My daughter's going to take me over to the Golden Corral. Okay. I'm going to go eat like a king and be king for a day. That's right. And congratulations to the Toronto Raptors. They beat the Warriors' ass. That's right. They took them down. Yeah, Golden State had some injuries. Yes, they did. But the truth is, they got beat. It was a good series. Pretty exciting stuff. Congratulations. Canada has their first championship basketball team. Very exciting. I hope you all have a great week coming up. I uh, can hardly wait until Harriet Trutman takes the front stage on a $20 bill and Andrew Jackass is behind her. Y'all have a great week. Peace.